Hello, I'm Tony Collins and this is the Rugby Reloaded Plus podcast. This week our guest on the show is Victor Amalo, a historian of rugby in Brazil and also ESPN Brazil's rugby commentator covering both union and league. Stand by for a fascinating interview in which Victor talks about the past, present and future of the rugby codes in the nation that is most synonymous with soccer, Brazil. So, welcome to the podcast, Victor. Well, thank you, Tony. Nice to have this, this invitation. It's a great pleasure to, to be able to talk about Brazilian rugby for uh, an English-speaking audience, not only to Portuguese-speaking audience, but to also to, to an English-speaking. Yeah, no, I think it's, well, it, it's really important that the sports world in general, and particularly the English-speaking sports world, gets out of the English-speaking world and realises that there's a whole other world, particularly in rugby, that doesn't speak English. And I think that's one of the things that has been neglected for a long time. Uh, and maybe we can get talking about how that happened uh, in rugby later on. The, the first question I wanted to ask, because obviously when people outside of Brazil think about Brazil in sports terms, they think about football. And insofar as anybody in the English-speaking world knows about the history and the origins of football in Brazil, they, they have heard of Charles Miller, the father of Brazilian football. But in fact, as your research has discovered... Charles Miller isn't just the father of Brazilian football, is he? Yeah, well, Charles Miller is an interesting, interesting uh, character because he he was born in São Paulo, uh, son of, of British uh, British parents, and he went to study in, in in Britain. And when he returned to Brazil, he discovered, in fact, that he realized that uh, the games that he liked liked and played in his youth in Britain wasn't exactly played in Brazil at all. Uh, of course, there was many. There, there are many uh, works that talk about soccer before Charles Miller, even in Sao Paulo, uh, but he's usually regarded as the, the father of the game because he is the first one to institutionalize the game, organize it properly in, in terms of a clubs and, and a league. He founded the first Sao Paulo League in 1902. Uh, and also... He started to play rugby. At the same time, he he went back to Brazil. It is a, it, uh, he went back to Brazil in 1895, uh, 1895, and at this moment, he introduced both games, both football codes, in, at the São Paulo Athletic Club. São Paulo Athletic Club was the the British club from São Paulo that at that time played only I was only playing cricket, and he introduced it uh, among his his. Uh, British expat fellows, uh, the football, the, the both football codes, and well, the fact is, in the first years, uh, in fact, in these late years of 19th century, he tried to organize at least one match of each code. Well, of, of course, some of the British uh, guys that were in Brazil uh, have their preferences about football codes, and of course, some of them wanted to play rugby, some of them wanted to play association football, so. Uh, he decided to organize both games at the, at the moment. Uh, the fact is that foot, uh, it was Football Association uh, the one preferred uh, because he found other expats and also Brazilians uh, that already were, were already playing association football and wanted to play association football uh, in from since the, uh, since they are they are uh, the, the countries that they went to study or they came from particularly the German community. So the German community, uh, the, the German club is from Sao Paulo, uh, Germania uh, Sports Club, uh, was one of the most important ones to, to make a position to Sao Paulo Athletic Club and to, be, to, to make possible 
uh, the creation of a, a football association league. And at this moment, as the Germans weren't playing, uh, uh, weren't playing rugby at all, it, they preferred to play uh, association football. Also, Charles Miller, uh, he, he has the he had the preference of playing association football. Was, was his favorite football coach. But he was a sportsman. He was a, a, a larger sportsman because he played rugby, he played cricket, he played football, he played tennis too. Uh, so he was very important uh, developing developing British sports in São Paulo. And wasn't it the case that he played in the first organised rugby match in São Paulo? Yeah, he played, and well, he, he was he was part of of, of São Paulo Athletic Club. There, there's a, an article of a newspaper that I could I could find from 1898. Showing that he was playing, he was at, the, at that game. He scored two tries, in fact, at that at that match. And it was a match between Sao Paulo Athletic Club and the Sao Paulo Railway uh, Engineers team. It was exactly a club, but it was a, a reunion of engineers playing uh, for the Sao Paulo Railway. Uh, and and the, the British uh, community was really uh, uh, deeply linked to Sao Paulo Railway and to 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 bank to the banking system in Sao Paulo was. Uh, made by by British expats, so he he was able to find uh, rugby players among this community. So it it seems from from the outside that by and large, whereas soccer at that time also had German expats playing as well as Brits, yeah. rugby was primarily a game for the British community in Brazil. Because were there actually any um, Portuguese speaking? people playing in that first game between Sao Paulo and the railways? No, the first game, no. Um, and, but we we start to find uh, Portuguese-speaking uh, uh, Brazilians um, in, well, in, in late 19th century soccer and in the first years of, of, the, of the 20th century. And... Because many Brazilians, uh, the Brazilian upper classes, usually send their sons to study in France or in Switzerland. Some also in Britain, but there's a, a heavy component of Brazilians going to Switzerland, going to France. Uh, São Paulo upper classes in general were a little bit more francophile. So uh, France was a, a big cultural inspiration for them. So many of them went to France. In fact, uh, one of one uh, there is one of the the first Brazilians to play rugby. Uh, probably the first to, to, to well, there is also Charles Miller, but another one was uh, uh, Paulo, Paulo de Rio Branco. Paulo de Rio Branco was the son of Barão de Rio Branco, was the Rio Branco Baron. Uh, he was uh, uh, the, 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 the he's considered the father of Brazilian international relations. He was uh, uh, a Brazilian ambassador in, in Europe, in many countries, and it was a very important political political. Uh, character in, in 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 Brazil, and his son played rugby in France in Paris for Stade Français. He was uh, France champions in the first in the first uh, match uh, of rugby of the first uh, French competition uh, of rugby between Stade Français and, and Racing. He was playing so in one oh, of really? the first. Uh, yeah, yeah I, so I, I, he would. That was a game that was refereed by uh, Pierre de Coubertin, the founder of the yeah. Olympics. Yeah, he, he was involved. In France, with rugby, never played rugby in Brazil at all, but he, he played there. So many Brazilian upper class uh, people were studying in Europe and, and returning to, to Brazil, playing mostly mostly uh, association football. But we know some of them played rugby too. And in 1902, 
the the big game changer was the the, the introduction in fact the the foundation of uh, Club Atlético Paulistano. Club Atlético Paulistano was was founded as the the club to to unite Brazilians to Portuguese speaking Brazilian because in fact the coffee uh, the the coffee families that uh, the families that made money with the coffee industry and started industrialization in Brazil. So th these people. Uh, were very powerful. Were, they, they controlled Brazilian politics, even from São Paulo. São Paulo was the most powerful uh, state at that moment in terms of economy because of the, the, the coffee industry. And these these guys uh, decided that they, they they had a modernization project going on. They wanted to show Brazil, uh, Brazil and São Paulo as a mo São Paulo as a modern city, Brazil as a modern country that was not. Anymore, the the slave is the, the the slavery related country from the 19th century. So Brazil was yeah, the, the last country, one of the last. Yeah, last. it's one of the last countries. Wasn't it? so slavery was only abolished in the late 19th century. Do you have an explanation? I think this is always a difficult thing to 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 try and um, find evidence for. What's the explanation? If both soccer and rugby were played by the elite. Of Brazilian society, whether Portuguese speaking or expats from Britain or France or, or Germany, how was it that soccer spread throughout Brazilian society and became the game of the masses, whereas rugby remained the game of the elite? Well, that, that's uh, that's very interesting. In fact, uh, when we we understand um, the the foundation of Club Atlético Paulistano is very important. Uh, uh, there is some works, very interesting works uh, about. Associated soccer's history in in Brazil in, in São Paulo. Uh, one of the, the more most interesting theories is uh, is is from Wilson Gambetta that he in fact uses Roberto da Mata's theory about uh, the popularization of soccer in Brazil. Uh, he understands that in the beginning when we talk about 1902, São Paulo's upper classes used soccer a soccer competition between in fact the, the, this those expect clubs the german club the english club there's an american school in sao paulo too called mackenzie school that was also very important and played uh, soccer also they have uh, a couple of training ma training matches uh, with rugby and introduced basketball in brazil too so they wanted to to the school that wanted to show in Brazilian uh, Brazilian society in general that they were modern and they used these matches as a uh, what Roberto Damata say says as a theatrical exposure of their mod modern aspirations. So uh, this was very important because they they wanted the spectacle to be made around their matches. It was it, they were not just playing uh, soccer as a as a, as the game of the of the upper classes, but they wanted to show this. To, to a broad audience. So, and this all, of course, helped to in the, uh, working classes to know uh, soccer more in Brazil. And but besides this, we had many British industries, uh, industrials that wanted to to spread uh, soccer among their the workers. We have the action of, uh, from Catholic schools that wanted to to introduce. Soccer as a as a modern game to for, for education, so it slowly started to be uh, seen by working class people, and then they started to to play. In fact, they split uh, when when the soccer really became uh, a working class sport. Is a, we're talking about the late 1910s and early 1920s. This is the moment that things really changed, and the depression 
the pressure for the the professionalization of of soccer really uh, took off and and that that moment is the moment that rugby really became it, it, it was uh, it shifted shifted from being a expats game to be uh, an upper a bro, more broader or upper class game in brazil we if we look at rugby in 1920s it started to be played by portuguese speaking brazilians uh, from Clube Atlético Paulistano, from another upper-class club called Associação Atlética das Palmeiras, uh, that is not the Palmeiras Football Club, now it's another club. So at, at only when profession, professionalism became a, a real a real question in, in Brazil, that Portuguese-speaking Brazilian upper-classes started to play rugby. That's the moment that really, really shifted, and, and, and rugby really gave, uh, had uh, a more... A more um, a more uh, let's let's say it started to be more played among Brazilian upper classes because until 1924-25 it was really restricted to to the British to the British expat community. What about I mean the other thing that's obviously going on in South America at the time is is rugby is uh, basically doing the same thing but probably in a slightly bigger way uh, compared to Brazil in Argentina but also in Uruguay and Chile. Was there any links between rugby in Brazil uh, and the rest of South America? Before before the World War II, no. There's very few uh, registers about uh, relations between these parts. Uh, the the most, imp- most interesting links between uh, the, the River Plate area and, and Sao Paulo, Rio de Janeiro, in fact, the, the axis that played rugby in Brazil, is is the tours in fact the the British and Irish Lions tour was not exactly British and Irish tour they call it the British Isles 15 or the Great Britain 15 uh, in 1932 and also the Junior Springboks in uh, 1932 to 1936 the British Lions and 1932 the Junior Springboks both yeah. tours stopped in in Brazil and then went to went to, uh, to the river plate area or the, the opposite they went to the river plate area and then stopped in in brazil so this is the, the the only real link that we can identify between river plate area and sao paulo rio de janeiro uh, there is not uh, matches between brazilian brazil brazil based clubs and argentinian based club or clubs this is non-existent at at, at least at the point that I could I could research. What well, did the South Africans and the British play any matches in Brazil? Yeah, there is uh, well two matches. One of the Junior Springboks in 1932. Uh, it's 73-0 for the Junior Springboks in Niterói. It's Rio de Janeiro. Niterói is, is a city next to Rio de Janeiro. Is is, is a city that has a, a important British community where sailing in Brazil was. Was started. There's a, a cricket club there, so and that started to play rugby too. So in Detroit they played the the Junior Springboks, and then the British the British Isles played in 1936 82-0, the the famous match that allegedly uh, Prince Obolenski scored 17 tries or, yeah. or something. That I, I I can't I couldn't fi- found a a source that showed this is a myth. I, I I'm taking the myth as a, as a, something correct, but I can I I couldn't find found a, a source that showed exactly who scored the tries and and how the match uh, went on, and but it was also played in in Detroit. It was supposed to be played in fact in Santos. Santos is the the port city of São Paulo, but due to uh, 
uh, weather instability. It's they they changed this to 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 Niterai. But very interesting that the program, the official program uh, of the, this match, says that it was going to be played in Santos and was made by commissioned by the the Santos Athletic Club the, that was playing rugby at that time. In fact, uh, there's a Australian guy. Uh, developing rugby in Santos at that time, a very interesting story. He he was fond of Brazilian, of African Brazilian religions. It was a very interesting uh, guy that started rugby in Santos Athletic Club and tried to to organize this match. Given the fact that rugby in Brazil was played by a, a very small section of the population, things have changed, haven't they, over the last 20, 20 to 25 years, that rugby is now a growing sport in Brazil. What, what What's changed? Well, lots of have changed. In fact, rugby started to be better, better organized and more developed among Portuguese-speaking communities in the 60s, 1960s is the moment when Brazilian rugby union was founded, really founded, because before that, rugby was played, but they, they just organized that commission between clubs or something like this. Was not uh, there, there wasn't an official union organizing Brazilian rugby. So since the 1960s, it started to, to be more, uh, more organized and more institutionalized the game in Brazil. But in fact, it is from the 60s, 70s and 80s that more Portuguese-speaking Brazilians started to play rugby because uh, rugby was introduced in many upper-class schools in, in Sao Paulo. Basically, in Sao Paulo, it's really uh, restricted to Sao Paulo. Rio uh, always had the British community club. There was also a French community club in the 80s, but it was really small in, in Rio. In Sao Paulo, it was uh, bigger, mostly because rugby was introduced in many Brazilian schools by the British, by uh, there is a South, South African South African uh, director of the Brazilian Rugby Union that tried to to introduce this in 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 schools and also another and then another Englishman. Also, we had more Argentines playing rugby in Brazil at that time, so it's also important. But uh, it's from the 70s, 80s to the early to uh, late 90s, rugby community was really small. We're talking about thousand two thousand players maximum at this moment it really boomed in brazil in the in the 2000s especially since 2003 when espn firstly showed the the rugby world cup this is very important in fact in brazil because the the international broadcast area then internet era uh, helped a lot in the in the show showing of, of of rugby, people started to understand more that this is this is a global game. Argentina plays this game, so why where we are not playing too? This is this is a really um, important important yeah. moment. Rivalry is a great motivator. Yeah, yeah, and of course uh, the two thousands international students movement also increased. Many Brazilians wanted to, to study abroad in the university or at, even at school. So it, they many, there's many Brazilians that started to play rugby in uh, universities abroad and then started, started their own clubs in Brazil. And then this, uh, this is uh, a movement uh, that uh, proliferates because uh, one, one, one guy came from, came, came from England or France or Australia playing rugby there, started a club in, in, in a city that hasn't has no uh, hasn't um, uh, a rugby club before then uh, someone played rugby in Sao Paulo and then 
uh, uh, also founded a club in another city. So at this moment, when we talk about uh, 2010, 2000, well, 2010, the date that Brazilian Rugby Confederation was, was created, transforming the, 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 the past association into our Olympic, Olymp Olympic Confederation in Brazil, it is a, a, a legal change. At this moment, rugby was played like in 15, 15 states out of 27 that we have in Brazil. And a couple of years later, all the 27 states had rugby. So this is a very important boom that happened. And not related to the Olympics. It is related to, it is before the Olympics were awarded to, to Rio that the boom started. Of course, the Olympics helped rugby in terms of money, in terms of resources for these clubs to, to make their activities better. But the boom started before the Olympics. And also, I believe that women's rugby is growing quite rapidly. Yeah, well, in fact, the women's national team is much better than the, the men's national team, at least for, for, for a long time. Now the men's team is really getting better, but the, the women's team was the first one to play the, the Rugby Sevens World Cup in 29, and the first one to play in Europe, in fact, they were very uh, well. They, they, they had a small community of women playing rugby in early 2000s, but they they were really well trained. And the fact that Argentina uh, was uh, uh, was not incentivating women's rugby. Argentina is in Argentina. Rugby is really a man's game. They don't they, for many years. They don't want it women to play rugby at all, and it's still very difficult for women to play rugby in Argentina. So this allowed Brazil. To, to be quickly the best uh, the best rugby playing uh, country women's rugby playing country in South America because uh, Chile also has the same pattern of Argentina Uruguay has the same pattern so Brazil as an outsider at that moment make it easier for women to to try to play rugby and then they became the the really the the best showcase of Brazilian Brazilian rugby in the world the final question I want to ask you is also recently, we've seen the development of Rugby League in Brazil. Oh, yes, yes. Rugby League is started, well, basically now. We have uh, uh, this year, uh, last year, in fact, the Brazilian Rugby League Confederation was was founded, but it was only recognized by Brazilian, uh, Brazilian General Sports, uh, the Brazilian Sports Ministry, uh, recognized Brazilian Rugby League Confederation this year. Wow, now, last, last month, in fact. And also the relief, the Rugby League International Federation recognizes Brazil as a as a associate member. So it's very important. Well, it really started as Rugby League was broadcasted to Brazil from 2013 to 2015. The NRL was shown in a in a pay TV in Brazil. In fact, I was the commentator of NRL in Brazil, and I was doing the commentating of the matches. And it was the first time ever rugby league start uh, was shown in Brazil in, on TV. It was a really small channel, a uh, TV channel, but it made it made its its job showing rugby league. And some people decided to 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 go after the game and, and try to 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 play. Uh, also, a couple of Brazilians and a couple of expats in Brazil played rugby league abroad and also helped uh, these these enthusiasts to start rugby league. Now we have uh, about ten clubs playing rugby league well they more, some of them are playing rugby union too they're yeah, doing yeah. separate activities of rugby league there are a couple two or three rugby league only clubs in brazil now uh one of them in rio trained by a by a samoan guy that played was a rugby player in samoa and uh, went to brazil to, to live in brazil is 
really odd because there are very few Samoa, the Pacific Islanders, in fact, in Brazil. And he started to, to coach the Brazilian national team, rugby national team too, and founded a club in Rio. And Brazil played Argentina last year in, in Sao Paulo, Argentina and Colombia. In Sao Paulo was the first time we had a competition, in, in, uh, international competition here in Brazil. Very interesting moments. Very few players, of course, but they are they are enthusiastic. They want to to make rugby league a reality in Brazil. Very interesting. One final question, just to round up, because we're, we're running out of time. How do you see the future of rugby of both codes? Yeah, well, we have a, a healthy future if you think about the national team now. National team is doing very well. Talking about rugby union, of course. Uh, Brazil is a candidate of being in, in Rugby World Cup 2023, or at least in 2027 if Rugby World Cup is expanded to 24 teams. Brazil is, is, is a really co- uh, competitor. It will uh, make Uruguay's life tough in, in next years. However, Brazil is, has a, a deep problem about developing rugby inside clubs. Club rugby is not well developed in, in Brazil. In fact, I have a, a little bit of abyss between the national teams and the clubs now. The clubs really struggle to, to find their uh, fields to, to uh, organize junior, uh, junior teams. So it, there is a many challenges around Brazilian rugby now. It is bright because we see rugby is growing and people are, are getting more prepared to deal with rugby issues to coach rugby, to referee rugby, to play rugby, in fact. But we have many development issues that we need to tackle really soon if we don't want to to make this, this abyss even bigger and dangerous for the future of, of Brazilian national teams and for the future of rugby itself in Brazil. So it's a delicate moment. Uh, we, we, are, we, we must be very, uh, well, we must be optimist, optimistic about this, but there are many issues that we need to tackle about development. About rugby league, well, uh, rugby league is, has many opportunities in Brazil in places where rugby union is not uh, properly developed. In fact, regions that Brazilian rugby union is not looking properly. Brazilian rugby union only recognizes the state unions of the six richer states of southern Brazil. And they're not doing their work in northern Brazil, in central Brazil, in northeast Brazil. Uh, they're not. They're not making this these states part of Brazilian rugby family properly. This is a really a big issue in Brazil, and I'm seeing that rugby league is trying to uh, do a work approaching uh, regions where rugby is not exactly well developed, or at least uh, clubs that are a bit far from Brazilian rugby union or Brazilian competitions. They are looking to to rugby league as an opportunity for them. That's very interesting. I think rugby league have has a nice opportunity to grow in the next years. And the fact that Brazil, many ex-rugby union players or former Brazilian national team players were now trying rugby league too. We had many of them playing against Argentina last year, ex-Brazilian rugby union players from women's team and men's team, men's and women's team both. So maybe we can also produce a, a good enough national team in rugby league. Well, on that positive note, I'd like to say thanks for appearing on the podcast, Victor. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and I'd like to thank everybody who listened to this episode of the Rugby Reloaded Plus podcast. Victor, I'm not sure whether you're on Twitter or not, but uh, Victor's website is www.portaldorugby.com.br. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my name is at Collins Tony. And if you want to dig a bit deeper into the history of rugby and the other football codes, take a look at the Rugby Reloaded website at www.rugbyreloaded.com. Until next week.
Thanks for listening.